Oh, yeah, Jen. Good evening, Jason. We're joined now by Jamesborough manager Jason O'Connor. Jason, in the last two days, we obviously have to wait, I suppose, for, for government uh, clearance, but in the last two days, there's always been a lot of rumours on whether we'll be able to go back uh, it's to playing junior football in terms of whether that's training or matches. Now, in recent days, I know that the, the Clare League have been the, the first uh, group maybe to announce that regardless of what happens on, on Thursday in terms of the government clearance, that there will be no matches played until the middle of January. Uh, in, in their league would you be disappointed if, if it was to follow suit in Limerick like that which looks the most likely situation at the minute I would a little bit Adrian I think everyone is, is chomping at the base to get back out on the pitch um, I understand I suppose with Christmas coming up and the lengthy layoff that, that players have had that they'll need some form of of uh, period to regain fitness again um, how long that will be I suppose in the hands of the administrators but Managers, coaches, players, I'm sure, um, are keen to get back on the pitch as soon as possible. Yeah, obviously, if, if we are led to believe with, with leaks of, of rumours of what's coming around the corner, that it may be the likes of gyms, uh, hairdressers, etc. will be open, which you'd imagine if it is going to be a level 3 situation, we will be back to, to training and hopefully be able to train next week, which will, will at least be some bit of a, comp- a compensation to you anyway. Well, Adrian, I believe that at level 3, um, all football will return, that's what I'm hoping of, um, and that would obviously include matches and training, then it would be at the discretion of LDNC in our case to, to to make the fixtures, but two to three weeks and you'd hope that, that players would be ready, then obviously you could be heading into a Christmas period, so that might disrupt things as well, so it's been funny times and, and very challenging times I suppose for us in the football world lately. Yeah, it's been very uncertain, and obviously with the lack of football over the last six weeks, uh, it was frustrating for everyone, Jason, considering everyone had been in a smooth flow of games, and fitness was probably close to its peak at that stage, if not at its peak. Uh, how has your own contact been with your own players at Jamesburg during that time? It's obviously quite quite hard for everyone to keep on top of the fitness as well when you're not in a group environment. It is. It's it's difficult. Um, we're lucky in the sense we have a very close group, um, and they're a lot of them around the one age saw the same interests and they've all been doing their 5k runs obviously and, and posting the results into the WhatsApp group so myself and David Brown are keeping a check on that and looking at lads improvements and where they are where their fitness is I suppose Adrian but you have to accept that they've lives um, and I suppose it's very very challenging for them with no matches to prepare for to stay fit and hungry but I know from speaking to them, um, Donnie Curtin, uh, especially today, really keen to get back on the pitch. Uh, we were going quite well. We were happy with our progress. Um, so it was disappointing for uh, for us, for everybody, I assume. But speaking for ourselves, very, very disappointing to have it disrupted. And uh, we're very keen to get back. Yeah, you just mentioned it there at the end about the progress, Jason, and the, the season, the start of the season your team have made, which, as we we, we discussed when, when you beat, Nina 3-0 in Jamesborough that you know you were a surprise package at the start of the season and, and people maybe thought you might even fall away a bit after the first three or four games but that hasn't been the case uh, you've, you've got a, a very young squad and to be fair it did look like a situation that you literally had to start from scratch there was no players at the club uh, really when you arrived and, and it must have been a, a difficult situation but it's quite rewarding at the minute Yeah, very difficult situation for, for the club I suppose find themselves in um, there were six players left 
from the previous squad, if you like, or the, the previous regime. Four of them have, have played for us this season. Um, the other two have been Conor Lynch and, and Thomas Lyons, who has departed. So really, it was that from scratch. So I suppose, that, yeah, very challenging, Adrian, but recruitment is the first uh, phase of any role, and, and the recruitment required was very big, as you know. Um, we signed over 20 players. Um, but didn't just go signing people for the sake of it. Very strategic in, in the approach. Um, hungry players, maybe players with something to prove um, in other people's eyes. Um, but, yeah, the next part of that was the fitness. That came really, really well. The lads really trained hard and with big numbers at training. And then the organisation is the third part of it. And we were just getting into the flow of that. We were seeing some very good results from our perspective on the work we've done defensively in particular. So, yeah, look, very big job and very re- rewarding, as you said, Adrian. And, and look, I played with James was a schoolboy, um, played junior with the club, uh, live in the in the community, and, and my father, all his life, heavily involved with the club. So, given the opportunity, it was something that, that I was eager to get stuck into. Yeah, you mentioned as well, uh, Jason, that you know your your key element, I suppose, was that you wanted hungry players w- with something to prove. Obviously, then that means you know that you knew yourself going into games. You didn't really need to probably add too much extra motivation to those players going into every Premier game. So it probably was a case of you were focusing more maybe on the the structure and organisation uh, of the team in that respect. Exactly, Adrian. Like that's where the recruitment went really, really well for us. And and as I said, we were careful in who we brought in. Um, and careful who we kept because when you have an atmosphere like that people talk about building a culture and, and the culture was togetherness um, work hard uh, progress and and become established Premier players so I assume that's, that's where the players were coming from so I, I tapped into that Adrian obviously um, to to work with them on the training pitch is a joy you know they, they really love training and dragging them off the training pitch which is a breath of fresh air, really, in, in the, the way things are with some junior clubs at the moment. But, yeah, I'm really enjoying this, I must admit. Yeah, there's been a lot made as well, Jason, of the, the league format this season. You know, obviously, my own understanding of it, Jason, people are, are very uh, divisive in terms of what they think of this um, this new league format. But, you know, in fairness, in, in recent seasons in Limerick, maybe you could go back as far as five seasons. I'm not sure of the exact that there has been a lot of maybe hammerings from top teams to bottom teams, uh, you know, and, and league games that didn't mean very much, um, which, like, I suppose they're just in the LDMC's defence, it was probably a case of you're, you're trying to get games that mean more for maybe the bottom half as much as the top half of the, the table. Uh, but I know from, from speaking to you, you're, you, you'd be slightly disappointed if you were a team that finished in the second half of the season that you don't have a crack all season off the big teams, which is taken away from teams in the second half of the season. Maybe, but something had to be done, Adrian, and, and I suppose it's in, it was in the hands of the LDMC to do something, and I think they're to be applauded, actually, just for, for trying something different and, and implementing change to something that needed to be changed. I think everyone was universal in that opinion that something needed to change. So um, I'd be an advocate for us, the top six, bottom six, and, and as you said, when you begin a season with probably four players, it's a bit, uh, I suppose, a bit rich to be saying we should be in the top six. So 
that was never really a goal I put on the players. Um, it was a question I asked them. We sat down at the start of the season, David Brown and myself, did a presentation with the players around personal goals, individual goals, and goals for the team. Um, they all said they wanted to be in the top six, which was refreshing mm. uh, because you want players to, to aspire to be the best that they can. Um, whether we make that that cut remains to be seen. I think Coon um, are in the driving seat at the moment um, for that spot. But if we're in the bottom six, we'll be happy with our progress and we'll see how high up in that bottom six we can finish. Um, but we kind of set out to the players, look at the top five, uh, Fairview, Pike, Ashling, Balanti, and that include regional in that. They're all very established teams with very strong core group of players. Um, and we kind of looked at them games as bonus games. They'll tell us where our progress is, how far we've come. Um, but all the rest of the teams will be aiming to be at home. Um, and being competitive away from home. That was what we spoke about, and the results so far have reflected that, Adrian. Yeah, to be honest, Jason, I'll, and I'll include myself if in this not to shy away from it, but many people would have said that you could have been relegation fodder if you were to just look at squads before the season started, um, and, and maybe would have predicted that. But so to finish the best of the rest, as you said, outside the, the, the more established Premier teams would be would be su- superb for you. Um, you know, it, it really is between yourselves and Kuna, and as you said, maybe Kuna maybe might be slightly ahead in, in driving seat, but the way this season has went, you, you really don't know uh, whether that will be the case or not. Another point I was going to pick up on, Jason, as you mentioned it there, about the fact that you had a discussion with your players at the start of the season uh, in terms of did they want to actually finish in the top six, and, and you reckon from talking to them that that was the goal. It's just that as I've spoken to managers maybe in the last few uh, months and last couple of years maybe, it, it probably is a refreshing situation to hear that because it's been concerning in the fact that you hear from some players that are playing in the lower league clubs that they'd rather not be going out to like Pike and losing 6-0. And if we have that creeping into the junior game, particularly Premier level, then, then we're, we'd be in big trouble. We would, certainly, Edwin. And I think the Premier Division is, is more competitive this year than maybe in the previous two or three years where we've always had a team cut off at the bottom that was turning up knowing they were going to be defeated heavily, most likely. Um, that isn't the case this year. Now, people might look at the table and say, oh, Kilmallock are cut off at the bottom. But Kilmallock are a good side with good players, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if they got out of trouble at the bottom of the table in the second half of the season. I watched them against Geraldine's. They were very unlucky not to come out of that with anything. We played them in Kilmallock, and they were very competitive. Um, they have a good bunch of lads there. You look at Geraldine's last outing, they turned Ashling over, um, which was a, a surprise result for everybody. So it kind of shows that, that maybe it is a little bit more competitive this year. Obviously, prospects were on the end of a heavy defeat against Ashling and Akadi. Um, that's, I think, the biggest scoreline so far this season. But a lot of the games have been competitive. Kuna, very competitive this year, as we said. Um, ahead of us in the table and, and aiming for that top six. They were always languishing in the bottom two and three. Uh, Mungus in, in the Premier last couple of years. Very difficult to beat. As well this year, like uh, Mungus, yeah. Yeah, definitely, but still very, very difficult mm. to beat. I was in Mungus, you know, so I'd like to think it's it's a little bit more competitive this year, Adrian. Yeah, it does appear to be that way. It is a bit more enjoyable to report on, I have to say, as well, Jason. Uh, one, 
two competitions actually that the, the rumour mill again is in overdrive is that the, the possibility is that we'll have an announcement in the next few weeks that the FAI and, and Munster Junior Cups may be scrapped altogether this year. Um, I suppose it was always going to be a tough situation considering we hadn't even started the first rounds of these competitions. Uh, you know, logistically in terms of teams travelling around the place too and actually just getting through every regional round first. Um, it's probably it still comes as a surprise that there's talks of scrapping it though, Jason. Because I suppose I was thinking in my own head is that maybe if you wanted to be maybe cutthroat about it and ruthless about it, you could just have maybe premier teams from every county entering the competition just to make sure it goes ahead. I'm not sure if you'd agree with that, but I feel like it would be a, obviously a massive loss to, to lose those competitions. It would. It'd be a huge loss to Adrian Avon. That rumour, I actually heard the flip of that, that we may have a Munster Junior game before the league games in January. So you're correct. The, the rumour mill is in overdrive. <laughs> I think that's because that's everyone is just is, mm-hmm. it's on the tip of our tongues. Maybe we're going to get back. We're hoping to get back. Um, unlikely, in my opinion, that, that both of them competitions will be scrapped. As we know, the draw for the Munster Junior is already made. Um, and the FEI Junior Cup is the most pre- prestigious amateur competition in Europe. So very unlikely, in my opinion. But, yeah, I would be disappointed, Adrian, because, look, we all dare to dream. We saw Shingana Cassie's uh, roller coaster there a couple of seasons ago to the semi-final and things like that when they, when they weren't as, I suppose, established as they are now. And there's always a, a fairy tale story in any competition. So, yeah, I'd be disappointed, Adrian, if it were scrapped. Uh, an application for a first division. It's too big a region, the North Munster region, not to be represented in, at League of Ireland level. And all followers of the game are very disappointed. Obviously, when when we fell out of senior soccer, um, I think there's too many good young players, and hmm. and there's too many good coaches, I suppose, in the region not to be represented. But it's going to be a long way back. Um, the obvious questions, I suppose, are where the players going to come out of. Yeah. Um, if, it, if it's a whole new entity, there isn't a, an under-19s boys team there at the moment. Um, the under-17s and 15s competed last year um, under Limerick FC. But obviously they'd be very young for, for the senior game. So, And we see on social media a lot of ex-Limerick players, if you like, who are already at other League of Ireland clubs being tied up yeah. um, for next season. So... That would be the bit that would worry me. Um, I would urge any any group that that gets involved in in senior soccer to make a training facility, I suppose, um, a priority. Because if we look at at the previous regime and people can question what was left behind, Do you know, and I always wonder, Adrian, if if some of the money that was pumped into into training players was pumped into a training facility and and named after the person that that put it there. We might have something to hold on to and something to build on, but without a, tra- a, a proper training facility, I know there talk, there's talks about renting here and there, but if it's going to be a proper club, um, they need to own their own training facility for me. Yeah, it totally has been a problem, well, geez, for as long as we know, in Limerick, uh, Jason, in terms of a home to play, never mind training facilities, but... Um, mm-hmm. You also, you know, obviously you had the Marks Field back in the, the application, which is a positive. But as you said, you know, a training facility is massive as well because, with all due respect, yes, we have UL on our doorstep, which is a great facility. But the cost of going to UL all the time and, and every year, and when you want to train, even as an amateur team, you're going to be training three times a week, really. Um, it's, it's, it's yeah. an awful, you know, it is an awful cost. So 
I totally agree with you there. It's 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 a different situation. You need you need to be meticulous in your planning, really. Obviously, of this, like considering that what the shortcomings that have went before, and I know the lads involved in treaty have started off with that. But as you said, in the in the fact of of getting players as well, it will be difficult because to try and entice players, you know, now uh, for because I assume as we know, a treaty will be starting off in a very small way. You'll be looking at amateur probably, you know, to to start off. It'll be very hard to convince. Uh, players maybe from the likes of junior scenes in particular to uh, leave and go and as you know as well the, the jump from junior to League of Ireland even in first division is still big It's massive Adrian and, and that's going to be a huge challenge um, I think if we look around the country there's there's a lot of partnerships between the, the senior clubs and maybe a schoolboy slash junior club mm-hmm. um, so that could be something maybe that, that the powers that be are considering, hopefully, um, because I suppose, look, it's very important that we're there, but it's very important, like you said, that we start off on the right footing um, and that we have something behind us. Um, You mentioned the cost of hiring training facilities, and and look, even if that's the case or if that's wavered for a while because of the regime, we talk about long-term, we talk about sustainability. Without a training facility, you know, it's it's not going to be long term, is it? We, that's the way we got to look at it, really. So, I suppose players coming from junior, it's going to be difficult. It really is. So, yeah, that would be the big one for me. When will the license be granted? Will they have enough time then to sign players to allow them to be somebody competitive in their first year? So, yeah, there's a lot of unanswered questions. A couple of people behind the scenes, Jason. That is a big fear. Uh, is that you know you're you're told I think it was November 20th that they asked the license it could have been earlier but I think it was November 20th that the license application had to be formalised into the FBI offices but apparently it isn't until maybe you're talking uh, the end of December that you'll actually hear whether the the application may have been successful so you know the turnaround then to get into February and and start a, a League of Ireland season is absolutely massive then so like that is that is a a big challenge, like it almost seems an insurmountable challenge to get a squad together in that in that space of time. Yeah, the planning would nearly want to be in the process now, mm. Adrian, as in discussions with players legally, if you want, without breaking any rules. Yeah. But that type of work would need to be done in the background. Um, I was always kind of an advocate that even the school by league, maybe a link with the senior club um, as regards the underage structure, because Obviously, we mentioned expense of hiring a training facility, but running the underage teams, um, providing training facilities for them, uh, cost of travel to away games, etc. Very high for League of Ireland clubs, so obviously I'm an advocate that maybe the school by league, which is where the players for the underage League of Ireland must come from. Mm. So the school by leagues in the region maybe come together um, around the interleague competitions as well so that there's dual registration for players and that they might run the underage section in conjunction with the senior club. And while it would help financially, it would provide maybe a clearer pathway for the young players as well. So there's a lot of that stuff that I'm sure has been discussed behind the scenes there, Jim, but is very, very important. Yeah, because that's one thing that, that probably has to improve as well, uh, Jason, is, is a more, as you said, you've mentioned a couple of times there, but a more united front because... For the time from since when you were playing, before you were playing, and after you were playing with Limerick, uh, there has been a disconnect with with Limerick in terms of uh, we'll just say the old Limerick FC and the schoolboy and junior setups in just in the city alone. So you know that's something that you'd hope would improve as well. 
You won't, because all that provides barriers to the players daydream progressing. There is an environment where it's a them and us situation, and, and it's not a positive reinforcement that you should play for the senior club in the region, maybe, or or if if, if anything happens, and bang, it's a cut-off, and look, historically the relations haven't been good, but if it's going to be a clean slate, um, it's something that really could could benefit everybody, I think. Um, in the past, the senior club would be a tenant in in LDMC in Jackman Park. The players have come through the school by league into the junior league, a lot of them, and then into senior soccer. There should be some benefit for all, um, but the, we got to put the player first. And if we are serious about developing players long term, um, then that then that joined up approach has to happen and, and maybe no better time when you look you have Noel O'Connor heavily involved um, with the school by set up in the LDSL and I know Noel a true footballing man um, and an advocate for for senior soccer and league burning soccer and obviously had great success as a manager and had great success in bringing young players through could that be something that could be tapped into who knows but the conversations in my opinion should happen yeah, absolutely, Jason. Totally agree with you there, and it's been a it's been great chatting to you. And obviously, I hope to be chatting to you face to face in terms of interviews after games, maybe sooner rather than later. I look forward to the and Hopefully, we'll all be back in the pitch soon. Uh, thanks, Jason.